homage to Sakyamuni Buddha, homage to His Holiness Lama Achuk Rinpoche, homage to His Holiness Galway Nyugo Rinpoche. Everybody raise bodhicitta to benefit countless suffering sentient beings. May all beings have happiness and all the causes of happiness. May they be free from suffering and all the causes of suffering. May they never be separated from the great happiness, devoid of suffering. May they forever dwell in the great equanimity, free from attachment and aversion. To sacred Bodhisattva, the precious and excellent mind, where it is not, may it arise, where it is, may it never decline, consistently growing, rising higher, and higher. We carry on now with suffering and liberation. We attain liberation by purifying, by cleansing this habit of clinging to a true existence, to a truly existing self and that all phenomena are truly existing. Through doing this, we can realize wisdom emptiness. It's like washing the dishes. When the dishes have dirt on them, or maybe leftover food, we can wash them. Why is this? Because the dirt isn't inherently part of the dish. If the dirt was inherently part of the dish, we wouldn't be able to wash it away. But it isn't inherently part of the dish. So we can clear away the dirt and then we have the clean dishes. With the same principle, these afflictive emotions, our greed, our attachment, our pride, jealousy, our anger and this ignorance are not inherently the nature of our mind. And so we can purify these afflictive emotions. And when we wash the dishes, it's good to have a really good detergent that helps to make those dishes really clean and shine. What are the, what is the dishwashing liquid, so to speak? What is the means that we use to purify this ignorance is renunciation and bodhicitta. And the practice of renunciation and bodhicitta is common across all the Mahayana Buddhist schools. It's very important that we establish a very good foundation in these practices. If we don't establish a good foundation, then we generally are not going to be able to realize wisdom emptiness. And we're not going to be able to purify or cleanse these habits of ignorance of ours, of clinging to a true existence, truly existing self. Not establishing a good foundation in renunciation and bodhicitta would be like not building a good foundation for a house or, for instance, building a, a great big castle on an iced lake. It might be very grand, but when the ice starts to melt, when summer comes, it's a good chance that that ice castle is going to collapse. With respect to renunciation, we practice the outer preliminaries, or what we call the four points that turn the mind. And this is uh, the preciousness of human life, impermanence and death, 
the suffering of samsara, and the infallibility of cause and effect. And these we'll talk about a little bit later. What do they help us to do? They help us not to cling to temporary happiness. And they really help us to turn our mind towards the Dharma, to really be enthusiastic about our practice and to be enthusiastic of liberating ourselves from the suffering of samsara. That we really become determined to be liberated from samsara. As we cultivate our practice in renunciation, our attachment decreases, our attachment to this mundane world, to these material concerns. Our afflictions become less and their strength or their control over us becomes less and less. And we were able to transform them quick, quicker. And through these practices, our renunciation becomes more and more stable. Then we also have the inner preliminaries, which includes taking refuge, the practice of bodhicitta, vajrasattva, and the mandala practices. And also for many lineages, the kusulu practices. And taking refuge is very important. Sometimes this is what some people feel a little bit nervous about. What we take refuge in is in the Guru, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And if you have no refuge, it's going to be very difficult to be able to attain liberation. What we're really saying here is that you have faith in the Guru, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And this is very important. Why do we say it's difficult for you to be able to attain liberation? It's because when you have faith in something, when you have belief in something, it will keep you moving forward in the direction of that path. For instance, if you have faith that this road is going to take me to India, then you're going to take that road until you get to India. But if you don't have the faith or belief that this road takes you to India, one is you're probably going to use another road or try another road. Or you might go a quarter, halfway, and then decide, ah, this is not the road. I, I'll stop traveling towards India or I'll try something else. Or like medicine. So we need to believe in the medicine. And then we'll take the medicine. So the Guru, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha is our medicine. For instance, we go to a doctor and we want, we've got an ailment and the doctor says, well, to cure your ailment, this is what you need to take. These are the medicines. You take it three times a day, four times a day. And then we go and take that medicine. Why do we take the medicine? Because we have the belief that this medicine is going to resolve our ailment and help us to become healthy again. The same, we have this belief that through following the teachings and the practices of the Guru, the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha, we will be able to attain liberation, we will be able to attain enlightenment. And what is taking refuge in the Guru, the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha? Is really taking refuge in 
the natural laws of this world. Everything is impermanent. So taking refuge in renunciation, the preciousness of human life, impermanence, death, that samsara is suffering, and the infallibility of cause and effect, taking refuge in bodhicitta. And bodhicitta is really so important in the Mahayana practices. It's the backbone of the Mahayana practices. It is the head of the Mahayana practices. It is really essential to really cultivate kindness and compassion. Really have this mind that truly wishes for all beings to be liberated from samsara and in equanimity. And the practice of bodhicitta will also assist in us decreasing the self-clinging, this habit of self-clinging we have, or self-grasping. In addition, we will practice Vajrasattva, which is purifying. So it's like cleaning the bottle and making it empty so that we can put something in. When the bottle is empty and it's clean, then we can put many things inside. But if it's full, half full, it's not clean, then what is put inside might not stay clean for long and we might not be able to put so much in. So we the vessel, and what we're doing is we're purifying this vessel so that we may be able to receive the pure dharma and put it into practice. And then we practice the mandala practice, which is the accumulation of merit for when we then receive further instructions. And through these practices, our mind really becomes a lot more stable, a lot more tranquil, a lot more clear, and our afflictions decrease, our discursive and judgmental thoughts decrease, and the power of these thoughts also decreases. And more and more, our body, speech, and mind becomes like that of the Guru. An essential practice is also Guru Yoga. And all of this is going to help in developing or establishing this incredible foundation in the practices that we will have 